Dame Lillard has a historic performance on Sunday that I just want to talk about and break down. And we're also going to go over some rule changes that could be coming with the new CBA. We're going to get into it all and more right after this. Thank you for tuning in to the number one place for your daily basketball fix, NBA Central. Hosted by the one and only CEO Hayes. All right, basketball fans, welcome to another episode of NBA Central. I'm the host here, Hayes. You can follow me right off the top at CEO Hayes. You can follow the channel at NBA Central Show Pod on every social media platform. But with that being said, let's get into this game from Dame Lillard. I'm going to talk about the basketball right up front on the back end of the show. If you guys are interested, now we're going to talk about some of the potential rule changes around the CBA. But I want to talk about Dame Lillard's 71-point game and then kind of compare it to uh, Donovan Mitchell's 71-point game. But for first, like before we get into the comparison, Dame Lillard balled the hell out. And it's great to see Dame. And I know, you know, people have their issue with how much, how, how many high scoring games we get uh, as much, you know, a year now and talking about defense and how the NBA is, you know, some people make it seem like the NBA is going in a bad direction. And while it's great to see when you, when you have great de- defensive performances, and we do see that, but the teams that are great defensively, those are typically the teams that can win a title when they can ratchet up defensively. But it leaves us a lot to talk about and to have some fun night in and night out with the scoring around the NBA. And Dame Cook uh, last night against the Houston Rockets, pushing the uh, Portland Trailblazers over the Houston Rockets uh, to a victory. But, you know, all things going around Portland right now, you guys know I have another video on the channel in which I said that it may be time for Portland and Dame to just come to a mutual divorce at some point in time. But right now, the Portland Trailblazers move to one and a half games, I'm sorry, only a half game back now from the 10th and final um, play-in spot, but we'll see if they can end up getting there. But this was a night of Dame Lillard where he just had it rocking and rolling and just, it's, he was on another level. And it seemed like he knew he couldn't be stopped at one point. It's seeing scores get into that zone where they just, they know that nobody can stop them. It's just fun to see. And that's what Dame Lillard did. Last night against the Houston Rockets, having the second highest uh, scoring performance, tying Donovan Mitchell uh, with that. That's why we're going to compare the two uh, performances and see which one was better and I think was better. But, you know, when you score 71 points and you have that and Dame had some fun with it, imitating the Wilt Chamberlain pick afterwards in the Portland locker room, it's you have fun with it. And even, you know, the Evan Turner tweet afterwards, Dame is such a talent in this league. And one of the greatest, I think, shooters of all time. And I don't know if he's going to quite necessarily get that recognition that he deserves because it hasn't come with any postseason accolades. But, you know, one could say that you could be a great player during the regular season. It doesn't take that away. But it, it just, to, to Harpen home and go back to the point that I made in a previous video, is just I would love to see Dame time in the finals. That would be such a special outcome for, for a special player and a player that I think is going to go down as one of the best players, especially for Portland, ever. But in the NBA, like, Dame is just such a special talent, and it sucks that, you know, dealing with the things that he dealt with, they've tried to build up that team a couple of times, you know, players leaving, injuries, things like that. But just to see Dame still stay and being committed to Portland, and, you know, even afterwards he's talking about, like, he does want the postseason uh, accolades. He does want a ring. But, you know, just to see this performance, Dame in this game, 22 of 38 from the field, 13 of 22 from three-point range, 14 of 14 from free throw for 71 points. He also chips in six assists, six rebounds, only two turnovers in there. Dame balled out. Now, let's compare that to Donovan Mitchell's 71-point game. In that game, uh, Donovan went 22 of 34, better shooting percentage, 7 of 15 from three-point range, though, but he got 20 of 25 from the free throw line. And if you watch that game, well, he also chipped in eight rebounds, 11 assists, one block, 
four turnovers from Donovan Mitchell in that game. And if you watch that game, when Donovan Mitchell had that performance against the Chicago Bulls, you kind of know the the calls that he got. Some of them were ticky tacky, and I think that's a little it's a little bit mired as well by the fact that the last two minute report that came out of that game basically said that not necessarily the Bulls should win, but they should have been in a position to force overtime. The difference in with the Dame Lillard position and why I, and maybe I suffer from recency bias, but why I personally put Dame's performance over Donovan Mitchell's is just the way that he went about it. The fact that that team clearly won that game and, you know, the dunk at the end, all of that. I just, I look at that as a performance and the fact that he didn't need to go to the free throw line nearly as many times. But one of the stories of, of this year that's been for me and I've been talking about is just the fact that, you know, how much the referees are, you know, dictating games in certain ways and you know anybody who watched that game with Donovan Mitchell I think does agree there were some there were some weird weird calls in that game it doesn't take away from the performance of Donovan Mitchell even outside of the weird calls by the ref he still would have ended up with probably a 65 60 point game if 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 not higher so he's still still a great performance from Donovan Mitchell but for me the Dane performance I just got to put that a little bit of a ring up and higher than the Donovan Mitchell performance for me. But an amazing performance from Dame. Let me know what you guys think of that one down below from Dame Lillard. Now, before we get into the rule changes, you guys know I love basketball. I love the game of basketball. I watch a lot of basketball games every single day and night. And I want to talk about the season that Shea Gilders Alexander's having. And while I think that his team is not having success as far as the win column and they're missing a player that's going to be big for them going forward in their future. Only 28 wins on the season for the Oklahoma City Thunder. But when you look at Shea Gilders Alexander and the season that he's having, had this, I will say this, and this may be controversial. If the if the OKC Thunder had more wins, Shea Gilders Alexander should be, in my opinion, the number one MVP candidate. When you look at what he's doing, 31 points per game on 50% shooting, 33 from three-point line, a 62% true shooting percentage, 5.7 assists, 4.7 rebounds, 1.1 blocks, 1.6 steals. Those are MVP caliber numbers. Now, I, I get it. MVP conversation should and always has kind of you have to win to get there. And, and, and I and I agree with that. Right. I don't think Shea should be in the MVP conversation this year just because of the wins, the, the number of wins that this team has and well, the number of losses that they have because it's more than the wins. But when you look at his usage rate as well, 32.7 uh, usage rate, which would be good enough for 100th all time if he finished the season that high. Right. And so that's huge for a single season uh, usage rate. He has a PR of 27.3. Now, Jokic, who is kind of the runaway MVP candidate right now, he has an over 30 PR. So definitely better there. But just when you look at the performance Shea Gilders Alexander is having, if that came with more wins, if we're talking about the OKC, and I don't even mean that the OKC Thunder would have to be one or two in the Western Conference. I look at it as if right now the OKC Thunder had 35 wins, we'll put them at third in the, in the Western Conference. I think absolutely Shea should be in that MVP conversation. Now, again, I understand why he's not, and he shouldn't because wins do matter in the NBA, and especially when your season's looking at being outside of the postseason, you don't deserve to be an MVP uh, consideration. But as that team continues to improve, we need to keep our eye out on Shea because if he's able to repeat this type of season while the team is having better success and, and those young players are growing, it's going to be some MVPs and some trophies in Shea's uh, future. I have no doubts about that. But again, that's just something that's on my mind basketball-wise. I think he's still kind of out with injury right now, but Shea's just having a, as well as an amazing season. And I wanted to spend some time on this platform just acknowledging it and talking about it because 
it, the season that he's having, it does go under the radar. A, he plays in OKC. B, the team's not getting a lot of wins. And I think some people who don't or aren't like basketball aficionados or just watch every single game like, like some of us do, they may miss the season that Shea's having. It's been an amazing season, an amazing ride. If you actually watch some of those OKC Thunder games, you know he's been killing it. But okay, I said we're going to end this episode talking about some of the proposed changes in the CBA. It's been reported that right now the the NBA and the Players Association are getting close to working out that CBA. And a couple of sticking points in there. The uh, elimination of the one-and-done rule. Now, at some point, it seemed like it was going to be a foregone conclusion that that one-and-done rule was going to go away. They were going to start allowing uh, high school players back in the draft as early as the 2024 draft. It seems like now... That's kind of in question. It's not as clear um, as it once seemed like it was. It seems like the NBA wants to avoid having scouts in high school gyms, which I can kind of understand from the the visuals of that. Uh, it also looks like uh, you know putting that visibility of them of the scouts attending to only certain sanctioned events um so they're policing that a little bit more if this is pushed through so that's going to be something to look out for in that new cba especially in the 2024 draft because again whenever the nba does allow for the one and dones to come back in especially if they it's just a hey you go now the, the high school players can enter it's going to make whatever draft that ends up being kind of a double draft and teams looking to rebuild or even teams that aren't necessarily looking to rebuild but are looking to add a high level talent can do so then at that point without necessarily you know having to draft super high so that's something to keep a lookout on especially as the cba goes forward the next thing up that uh that's in this is the regional network deals now for most that know bally sports is is partnered with i think 16 of the nba teams and then warner media is partnered with the number another three and then you have teams that's like new york and uh the the lakers that i think own their own networks and have a partnership deal with their own networks on the side but it seems like the regional network thing may go away for those that are subscribers to league pass you know you have certain games that are blocked out if that game is in your region for me for example i live in columbus ohio even though i don't live in cleveland when my favorite team the bulls face the cleveland cavaliers i can't watch that game on league pass because the game is technically in my network even though it's in a city that's 100 miles away right but and so even though it's not aired locally here that may go away with this new cba and it's really about how they can work out with those networks well bally sports is trying to get out of the of the game with the nba warner media appears to be able to be trying to get out as well which would then leave about 19 of the teams open anyway so you know that's something to look out for as well the next uh topic up is expansion so right now as the the after the the Players Association and the NBA work out the new CBA. The next thing that's going to be looked towards is expansion. And they're looking to start that process around 2025. So that's not too long away. And right now, through kind of the rumored cities are Las Vegas and Seattle, uh, which I kind of understand, especially as, as, as destinations with what Seattle meant to basketball at one point in time. But then they're also reported that the NBA is looking uh, southern, more in Mexico City. Now, there is a G League team down there, and they're closely monitoring how successful that's going to be because they would love to expand down there in Mexico City and that could be a very interesting prospect it also seems as the league would like to expand out to Europe but the time zones and travel is something that really makes it improbable so that Mexico City may may uh, be something that they focus on to really get a foothold in Latin South America so that's something to look out for as well I also think the NBA should partner with some of these European leagues and maybe create an NBA Europe now that didn't work for the NFL when they did the uh, NFL Europe Europe NFL or Euro NFL whatever it was called but 
it could be something to look out for on the horizon for the NBA as the NBA and the game continues to expand and the NBA wants to continue their foothold on the game of basketball. And at some point, they may look to do something with expanding into Europe, how that's going to work out and kind of the logistics of it are the biggest thing and questions there. But another big rule change that I want to talk about is the, the challenge change. Now, there is some talk in the CBA that they're trying to change a rule that will allow the coaches to keep their challenge if the challenge is successful. Now, some of the concerns around that is that how would that extend the game? So there's some talk around maybe they just allow it in overtime, right, or, or in the fourth quarter for you to keep your challenge if it's successful in the fourth quarter. That could be, I think, when you look at the amount of calls and things, especially with the last two-minute report and the visibility there and the conversation around our refs being punished for bad calls, that it's highly important for the NBA to get these things right, for games to be called right. And if you allow coaches to keep their challenge, if successful, that can add to that. I still think they need to review some more things automatically, especially, like I said, I think every buzzer beater in the NBA should be reviewed, not just for if the shot got off in time, but if any fouls, anything that happened to make sure that game gets right. But that is another thing that could be looked for. They actually experimented with some stuff down in the Las Vegas um, winter showcase as well. So you could do that. One of the things in overtime that they're looking at is a target score in overtime and that is changing instead of whoever scores the most in a, in a given amount of time change it to where in overtime it's basically the first to score 21 points for example it's probably not it's probably going to be lower than that but that's something that they're also looking at and if target score is used as it was used in the winter showcase that can definitely change it even in the in the g league it changed the average of overtimes from 13 minutes to eight and a half minutes so as the nba looks to shorten that that time and length of the game that is something that also could be looked out let me know what you guys think on any of these potential changes to the rules the cba anything down below but that is it for today's episode of nba central make sure you're following the show at nba central pod on every social media platform you can also send us any feedback questions comments concerns nba central show at gmail.com and then lastly if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail 773-270-2799 that's it for me for today i'll see you guys on the next video probably tomorrow peace y'all This has been a presentation of the Break Break. Break.